And take your Bibles and turn with me this evening to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to. John chapter 12. Begin reading in verse 23 this evening. John chapter 12. Verse 23 says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Or what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said that uh, it thundered. And others said that an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. If you look with me back in verse 27, be our text this evening, it says, Now is my soul troubled, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. <clears throat> but I want you to notice this next phrase. But for this cause came I unto this hour. For this cause came I unto this hour. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, For this cause came Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. We thank you, Lord, for the day that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the one that was baptized this morning and others, Lord, that you work in their hearts. I pray that you continually deal in <clears throat> hearts and lives and save the lost, encourage Christians. Lord, may we be a good witness and testimony even as we go into this new week. Lord, if you tarry, Lord, I pray that we might see other souls saved and lives changed even this week. Encourage and strengthen. Be it those who are sick, those who are struggling with health issues, Lord, touch their bodies, raise them up. We think of Sister Norman. We think of others that are sick, Eddie and others, Lord, that are battling different things, Lord. Pray that you keep your hand upon them, Lord, and bless them in a special way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Throughout Scripture, Jesus has laid out plainly why he had come. There's no doubt in our mind, really, <clears throat> there was a cause. There was a reason. There was a purpose that centered around the plan of the Heavenly Father. And today, many times we don't realize and stop and think about what that entails and what that means to us. And I want to look at that a little bit this evening. There was an established reason for which Jesus came. There in verse 32 and 33 of John 12, he says, and, it, <clears throat> excuse me, and if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. Jesus came to die for the sins of all mankind, to purchase us back as we preach this morning, our salvation that we might have a home in heaven. And we talked about the price of it and it is, uh, you could put no value upon what Jesus Christ did for us and of great value as he came and died in our place. Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So we're talking about the cause. He's, he's talking about the cause. He said, for this cause I came. And that cause was to save lost mankind. But there's another reason for which we might say for this cause he came. In John 12 there in verse 28 says, Father, glorify thy name. 
Then came the very voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. One of the great reasons that Jesus Christ came was not only to save the lost, but to glorify the Heavenly Father. To bring honor and glory to His name by redeeming those who were lost, who had been set aside because of sin. When the veil was set between us and God because we could not enter into that place of God because of sin. Jesus Christ came and that veil was rent in two. And through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, we can come before the Lord and we can give Him honor and glory. In so doing, there would have been, we would have had to have been an establishment of truth for all mankind also. So he came that he might save the lost. He came that he might glorify the Father. But he also came that uh, he might establish truth for all mankind. In John chapter 18 and verse 37, it says, Pilate therefore saith unto him, Art thou a king then? And notice what Jesus says. That Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. And then he says, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear the witness unto the truth. Unto the truth. There has to be truth. We're living in a day and time when, when uh, you see and hear very little truth. And it goes on and says, and everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. One of the greatest struggles that man in man's thinking is just like what Pilate answered. Because Pilate, after Jesus had said that, that he came uh, to bring that truth, that he was truth, Pilate made the statement, what is truth? Jesus Christ came for the cause of saving the lost. He came for the cause of glorifying the Father. But he came to establish truth. And so many times today we look around the world and we see things that are not true. We, and people are misled and people are misguided. And, and of course Satan is known as the great deceiver. Trying to deceive. He's done that from the very beginning. You go back to Genesis chapter 3 and you find how that he deceived uh, Eve. And then she was able to, to uh, get Adam to take the forbidden fruit also. And because of that we have sin that came into the world that uh, is passed upon all mankind because one man sinned. But it was through the deception of Satan taking and making half-truths unto to Eve to deceive her. And today we see that more and more. We see that there's so little truth being lifted up in our day and time and so little truth being uh, 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 magnified before the people. Jesus said he came to establish that truth also. There must be truth brought before man in order for man to see his need of salvation and to trust in, in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. A lot of people don't stop and think about the truth. The truth is this. If you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll die without Christ. You'll spend eternity in a lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And people don't want to think about that. See, I don't want to think about that. And I don't know if I really believe that or not. I've, I've had people, I don't know if I believe that or not. The reason is, is because they don't believe truth. And Jesus came for the cause of salvation for mankind. To glorify the Father and to establish truth. Because without truth, you have nothing. Without truth, everything crumbles. Without truth, man will be lost for eternity. And so he came to establish those things, and it was for that cause that he came, that he might bring honor and glory, yes, but they might save souls, yes, but he might establish truth. Well, but Jesus had to be submitted in order to do that. He had to be submitted to the will of the Father for this cause to be accomplished. In Hebrews chapter 10, 
Begin in verse 5, he says, <clears throat> Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. But a body hast thou prepared me, talking about Jesus, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast had no pleasure. Otherwise, the, the animal sacrifices, the Lord had no pleasure in those. They was really, they could not take away sin. They were just a covering at the time until Jesus would come and be the ultimate sacrifice. And verse 7 says, Then said I, said I, lo, I come, in the volume of the book it is written of me, to do thy will, O God. Above when he, had, when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst thou pleasure therein, which is offered by the law. Notice verse 9, he says, Then said I, Lo, come to do thy will, O God. We need to realize that there is a will of God that needs to be accomplished. Jesus said, I come. There's a cause. He said, I come. There's a will that God has for my life. He goes on and says, and he taketh away the first that he might establish the second. To summarize the cause of Jesus, that Jesus did, was to do the will of the Father in order that, he might, that we might be saved, that the Father would be glorified, the Son would be glorified, and truth would be established before men. That was the will of God. To come and to do, you might say the cause of Christ was to come and do the will of the Father. To do what the Heavenly Father wanted Him to do, that was the cause. That was the purpose that Jesus came, to do the will of the Father. Within that will was to die on the cross, to save the lost, to glorify the Father, to establish truth. That was the will of the Father. That's the cause that He came. The reason, the purpose behind everything that Jesus did was for that, those things that we just spoke of. Everything is surrounded by that. Everything, it, it includes all those things that Jesus did so that those things might be accomplished. Many times we don't realize how that, that, the, that the will of God comes together for your good and for my good. In John chapter 4 and verse 34 says, Jesus saith unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. God said, listen, I, uh, Jesus said, I, I, I came that to do the will of the Heavenly Father, to do his will. What he wants me to do, that's why I came. Not to just do the will, but to finish the will of God and the work of God. In John chapter 5 verse 30 he said, I came of mine own uh, self to do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which, ha which hath sent me. John chapter 6 verse 38 through 40 says, For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And verse 39 says, And this is the Father's will which hath, uh, which hath sent me, of that of which, all he, or which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again the last, at the last day. And verse 40 says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For this cause Jesus came. For this cause he, he had this purpose to do the will of the Father. But I, I, I wanted to establish that and get us to realize that Jesus Christ came not of, to do his will, but to do the will of the Father. And there was a cause and a plan for him. There was a reason for him being here. There was a reason for him going to the cross. There was a reason for him to glorify God. But what about you and me? What about us? After you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
we can also say for this cause. There's a reason behind it. I want us to take a look that beyond that and turn the same thought upon each of us once we receive Christ as our Savior. We know we now have a, a continuance. Once you receive Christ as your Savior, you have a continuance of the will of God in your life. You have Jesus Christ. He was committed to the will of God. You have Jesus Christ that came for a purpose, had a cause. Save the lost, glorify the Father, establish the truth. But after he left here, he sent the Holy Spirit of God. And those who receive Jesus Christ as their Savior has the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within them. And so there is a continuance of what Jesus Christ had done. But it's to be done through you and me. He has a cause for you and me. In John 12 there in verse 26 it says, If any man serve me, let him follow me. He said, it's not just enough to receive me. He said, I want you to follow me. I want you to do what I, I desire for you doing. He goes on and says, And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Once we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've taken up that will of God just as Jesus did. God has a will for your life. God has a purpose. Every one of us that know Christ as our Savior, we can say as Jesus did, for this cause. Instead of saying, I come, I'm here. Say, what do you mean? I'm here. When you got saved, the Lord could have took you home. It could have been over. You receive Christ, He takes you on to heaven, boy, things would be great. But He has a cause for your life. He has a purpose for your life. He has a will for your life. And so therefore, just like Jesus Christ, there is a will and a purpose for our lives. And we've got to know what that is. We've got to understand what that is so that we can live for the honor and glory of the Lord. So that we can do what His will is for our lives. So that we can magnify Him. So that we can accomplish, as Jesus did, accomplish the, the will of God. Notice that Jesus, notice the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17. You might want to turn to John chapter 17. This prayer of Jesus, and I'm going, to, I'm going to skip down to about verse 15 and read from there because I want you to see something here. John 17 verse 15 says, I pray not that thou wouldest take them out of the world. Who's he talking about? Those who are saved. He's talking about his disciples, but as he goes on down, he clarifies and says that that's anybody who's received Christ their Savior. So I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. In verse 17 he says, Sanctify them through what? Thy truth. Thy word is truth. Again, he wants truth to be established. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent also them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Verse 20 says, Neither pray I for these alone, talking about the disciples, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That's you and me, if you know Christ as your Savior. Verse 21, and notice what he says, That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. 
And the Lord which thou gavest me, I have given, uh, or the, the glory which thou hast gave, gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that thou, and that the world may not, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. It's like this. You two guys come up for a minute. You two. You two. If there's a reason that I could not move from this place, but I've got it, we've got to get a hold of, of, uh, of Blake over there. I can use an extension. I could take his hand and say, now get a hold of him. If we're, say, say we're, got a, we're, we're on a cliff or something, it's kind of a, an extension. I can hang on to, to Wyatt. He can hang on to Blake. And, and we can be an extension. And I can help get them back where they need to be. Okay? It is an extension. What we're doing in, in, as a Christian, understand this. Each one of us, if I was Jesus Christ, he knows Christ is his Savior. He becomes an extension of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within him, he is also to help him become an extension of Jesus Christ. Not an extension of him, but an extension of Jesus Christ. So he pulls in this direction, and he becomes an extension of Jesus Christ. His life does. Thank you, fellas. What I'm saying is this. When you got saved, you became an extension of Jesus Christ. Say, what kind of extension to do the will of God? To reach the lost, to bring honor and glory to God, to establish truth, to bring truth for them, the world. Our problem today is this we don't take upon ourselves the understanding that God has a cause and He has a purpose for our life as a Christian. We think that everything is just, uh, we live our lives the way we want to. No, my friend, understand this. As a Christian, we're to live our lives after the Lord Jesus Christ. So we should, just as Jesus said, for this cause, so should we look at our lives as a Christian and say, for this cause. Otherwise, this is why I'm living. This is why I'm here as a Christian. This is why God didn't take me home as soon as I got saved. This is why that he's placed me in Marshall or wherever you're placed. This is why he's placed me in this church. This is why he's placed me in this job. This is why he's placed me, and we could continue on. Because there is a cause that he has for your life, and it is to do what Jesus Christ did. To, to reach the lost, to bring honor and glory to the Heavenly Father, and to Jesus Christ. And to establish or to bring forth truth from God's Word to the world so that they might know Jesus Christ, so that they might come unto Jesus Christ, that they might live for the Lord. So since Jesus saved us, since I'm a child of God, since the Spirit of God dwells within me, since I've received Jesus not only as Savior but as my Lord, it's not to be my will, but God's will done. What is this cause then? This will for my life. We spoke a little bit of it now that I have Christ my Savior. 
Let's look at a few of them here and just name a few of them because we could go on all night with this. But first of all, we're to be salt and light for the Lord. Jesus Christ, when he came into the world, was salt and light. I mean, you, you, cannot, you cannot doubt. In fact, Jesus uh, said himself that he was the light. In John chapter 9, verse 5, he says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Well, Jesus Christ is not physically in the world now. And so there's something been handed off to us. Most everybody in this room have watched the relay races that they run in high school and college and even on the Olympic levels. They have a baton. They call it a baton. It's a little pipe about that big around. And they take off and they run so far. And there's a person at another, uh, so many uh, 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 yards ahead of them. And they run to that, and that person will take off. And he's watching behind, and he takes off running slowly. And the other person runs up behind him and sticks that baton out. And they take a hold of it, and they go on. And they run so many yards, and then there's another person waiting. And again, they hand that baton off to them, and they keep on running until they've run the whole race and see who finishes first. Can I tell you something? That when, you, when we got saved, Jesus Christ handed off a baton to us. He handed off his will to us. He handed off some things to us. When Jesus Christ, he said that as long as he was in the world, that he was the light of the world, my friend. He's no longer in the world as far as physically. So he handed off the baton. You and I are to be the light of the world. Amen. Our problem today is, is a lot of Christians are trying to hide the light. They're not wanting to, to shine like they ought to. Our lives ought to be lives that, that bring uh, forth light for Jesus Christ so that others can see Jesus Christ instead of people living in darkness and, and fear and, and without any hope. Hey, listen, we're to be the ones that turn on the light so that they can have hope. Every time I, I think about turning on the light, I think about, and I've used it so many times, but uh, I, I got to use it again. Uh, they're in. I think it was World War II when, the, when that, that, that battleship was out at sea and, and they, the bombers had already went out on their run and they was heading back in and there was an enemy sub in the area and the captain of the, or the admiral or whatever he was, the head of the, 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 uh, that aircraft carrier told them that, to shut everything off as far as the lights. They was to go into total blackout. It was at night. Because they have lights on the, that, the, the, the deck of that uh, uh, battleship so that the planes can come in and land at night. As those planes, and as they normally would do, they calculate their fuel for the load that they're carrying, for the distance that they're flying, and the speed and the, the wind and every, all the conditions. They calculate it because they cannot overload it with fuel. They put a little extra in there in case there's a problem, but they calculate it so that they, they, they know that they have to fly with speed. And so they went out on their bombing run. They was on their way back in. The, the battleship had been, the, the, the aircraft carrier had been ordered into blackout. The, the leader of the squadron begin to radio in and say, we're at, we're, we should be approaching you. Uh, please turn on the deck lights. The man that was operating the radio said, well, I'm sorry, we have been ordered into blackout. We cannot turn on the lights. When they order a blackout on a, on a carrier like that, you can't even stand on the upper deck and smoke a cigarette. No. It's total blackout. And they said, we, we, we should be getting close. Please turn on the lights. They said, we cannot. We've been ordered into blackout. 
They begin to, to radio again and say, we've got to land. We're running short of fuel, uh, and we, we've, got to, we've got to be able to land. We, we don't have much fuel left. He says, sorry, sir, we've been ordered into blackout. And we cannot turn on any lights at all. They begin to beg them, please turn on the lights. And finally, the leader of the squadron said, turn on one light. If you will turn on one light, and I'll tell you which light it is, we can land. They said, we're sorry, sir. We've been ordered into blackout, and we cannot even turn on one light. They begin to bag them. The radio operator reached up and pulled the headset out of the transmitter, the receiver, because he couldn't stand to listen to him bagging him to turn on one light. All nine of those planes plunged into the ocean. And every pilot and co-pilot was lost because there wasn't even one light. Jesus Christ said that we're the light to be the light of the world. This world is not necessarily looking for a runway of lights, but they're looking for a light. And Jesus Christ, he came, and he was the light of the world, and that's been handed off to you and me. We're to be the light of the world now. We're to light up this world so that they can find their way to Jesus Christ. Not only that, but Jesus was a salt. He was salty. He was salty. The truth of God's word salts down this world to stop corruption. And we're to be that salt. And Matthew 5, Matthew 5 and verse 13 says, Ye are the salt of the earth. The salt has lost its savior. Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You say, well, preacher, I don't understand how that we're to be the salt. Well, if you go to Colossians 4, 6, it says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Seasoned with salt. That ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Our words should have enough salt in them to help stop the corruption. Our lives should have enough salt in it to make a difference in other people's lives. We're to be salty, yes. It's the will of God, as Jesus was, for us to present the truth, the truth of God's Word. Not, not just shy from the truth, but to give it in love for those, for the purpose of pointing others to Jesus Christ. We have a cause. And that cause is to be light, that cause is to be salt. That we might help this world get to Jesus Christ, that they might be saved. Just as well as it was the will and the cause of God. To set Jesus apart, to sanctify him, so it is the will and cause of God in our lives. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. The preacher, I don't even know what sanctification is. Sanctification is a setting apart for a purpose. Setting apart for a purpose. And God has set you and me apart for a purpose, for a cause, for a reason, to live for Him. It is the will of God that we be set apart, that, that we be sanctified, that we glorify God with our lives. We are not to be like the world. The Bible says, come out from among them and be you separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you unto myself. Hey, listen, understand this, that we're not to be like the lost world. We're not to act like the lost world. We're not to talk like the lost world. We're not to tell the dirty jokes 
the cussing and everything like the lost world is. We're not to be uh, like the lost world. There should be a difference in our lives, whether it be the way we live, the way we talk, the way we dress, the way we act, the things that we do. We ought to be different. Different. I am, it's sad today that we have so many Christians that are, are living and looking and acting like the world. And, and, and it's, it's sad because the world looks at it and says, well, if that's Christianity, I don't really need it. Because they see no difference. We've got to get back to that. The Bible calls us holiness. We've got to get back to being what the Lord wants us to be instead of to be like the world. And acting like the world and all that goes with it. It's a will of God to, that we be sanctified, set apart for His honor and glory. There's to be a difference in our lives from the lost world, set apart for Him. Then just as Jesus gave thanks unto the Father, so is it the will of God for our lives as Christians to give thanks. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, In everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We're living in one of the most unthankful days that there's ever been. We have everything at our disposal. We got so much and yet we're so unthankful. You know what? The reason that we're unthankful is because we're not giving honor and glory to God. When a person begins to become thankful, then you will begin to glorify God with your life and you begin to glorify Him and give Him thanks for the blessings of God. Oh, how we need to give thanks to the Lord. Just as Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, so is the cause for which the Lord has for our lives. Every person in this room that knows Jesus Christ, your Savior. There's a cause in your life and my life to share Jesus Christ with others. To reach the lost. To tell others about Jesus Christ. There's a reason. We've become that extension from Jesus Christ to get the gospel to a lost world. If I was to go around the room and say, who was it that maybe got you to go to church or you got saved or who was it that led you to the Lord? Who was it that told you about the Lord? Somebody got the gospel to you. Somebody told you about Jesus Christ. Somebody took the time to pray for you. Somebody took the time to tell you how you could be saved. That's what we're supposed to be doing, all of us. Without that, people will die with no hope. Jesus came to bring honor and glory to the Father above, and so is our cause since salvation, to glorify the Father in heaven. You and I, your life is not about you, and my life is not about me. Our lives are to be about the Lord, to magnify Him, to glorify Him, to worship Him, to praise Him. We are to do that. Jesus Christ, when He was here, He talked of glorifying, doing that which was the will of God to glorify the Heavenly Father. That's what you and I, that is a cause that we have that's been handed to us from Jesus Christ at salvation, is to glorify the Lord. From the very time that the Lord saved you, there's been a new cause for your uh, continuing life. That's to continue that which Jesus came to do. Though we can't save a soul, we have the cause to bring them to the one who can. That's Jesus Christ. I think sometimes we forget. We get wrapped up in our own lives. 
we get wrapped up in our own directions. We get wrapped up in this world. And we forget that Jesus Christ has handed us off a baton, an extension of himself. When you got saved, the Bible says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? But you have God and you're not your own. We're to live for the Lord. We're to be that example. We're to be that testimony. And so many times today, the world looks at Christians and they don't see Jesus Christ. And the reason is, is because we're not picking up the cause that Jesus had, that he's handed us. Boy, for no other reason, find a place tonight and say, Lord, help me to take that cause that you have in my life because of Jesus Christ. And help me to live this life as you would live it. You know, we've always heard and over the years, uh, there's been the little saying, what would Jesus do? Honestly, I'm not much on a lot of that stuff, but I'll be honest with you, there, that's a pretty good thought. What would Jesus do? Why? Because you and I are to be an extension of Jesus Christ. No, we can't save a soul, but we're to bring them to Jesus Christ. My friend, be that extension. You have that cause. I have that cause to glorify God. Let's bow. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, just a few thoughts of how we're to live for you in such a way that we are that extension. There is a cause. There is a purpose. There is a plan for our lives. You did not leave us here just to do what we want to do. You did not leave us here just to go through the motions. But once you saved us, Lord, you handed us the baton. You hand us that, you, we are that extension of the ministry of the work of Jesus Christ unto a lost and dying world. Help us to take it seriously. Help us to yield our lives unto you. Have your will and way, Lord, I pray in this invitation. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand?